we are back with another episode of the Play for Keeps podcast. I'm Cameron Hay at Cameron underscore Hay on Twitter with Drew Williams at Dope is Drew on Twitter. We're giving any guests the week off this week. We've had a busy schedule the last two weeks. There's been a lot of traffic, a lot of support, a lot of outpouring of kind words, and we're appreciative. But for this week, heading into the NBA playoffs, we decided to just run a two-man game and give you guys a primer of the first round of the playoffs, as well as our predictions for all of the major awards, such as MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, and is anything else? Most improved. And most improved player. Um, So we'll go ahead and jump right into it to start off with the awards before we get into what we think about the first round matchups. The most important award that matters the most in the NBA, of course, has to be P. Right. Definitely. MVP award. Most prestigious award. I think this award clearly has the most impact on individual legacies. This year's finalists are reigning league MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, four-time league MVP LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers, and 2018 NBA yeah. MVP James Harden. How do we feel? Do we feel like these are the right three guys? I feel like the top two are kind of no-brainer. Yeah. Harden, I'm kind of surprised by. Who is but I, I think he deserves to be in that top three. But I don't know. I mean... Third straight scoring title this year. Yeah, maybe CP3 could have got that third spot. And um, finished higher than the, the Rockets. In maybe if Kawhi hadn't take off, taken off many games. Luka maybe, seven seed, but... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, but they had to get a third Was guy. anybody out east besides Giannis? They're not going to give it to Siakam. Or Lowry, no, neither one of them. Tatum, so. Tatum wasn't dominant for long enough. The Heat is more so kind of like by committee. Like Jimmy Butler is clearly... The best player. Best He'll player. make All-NBA, though. But, yeah, it just came down to Harden was the best candidate. Yeah. Maybe, like, Jokic has the Nuggets at number three, but you That's don't think MVP. by team. Yeah, you don't think MVP when you think of Jokic either. So, I think Harden was the right choice for the third spot. And it, it is amazing to think about James Harden's run of MVP either winning it or finishing second or third. Since he's gotten to Houston, pretty much it seems. Yeah. Like, since at least he's meddled like every year, yeah, other exactly. than the year, other than that one His year, first year, and yeah. then that year where he in 2016, where he didn't make All NBA, which was a crime. But he's basically been a top. If we're going strictly off of MVP voting, he's been a top three player in the in the league. Yeah, he's meddling every year, man. For I mean, like at least five years now. And if you, a lot of people like me think that you know. The one Rush got averaging the triple double. I think Harden should have won that one. And Rush had a great year. Yeah. But I I think Harden, you know, averaging 29. Left league in assist, I think. 11 and a half per game almost. And his team won 50-plus games. That should be the floor for winning MVP, in my opinion. You should should at least have home court in the first round more times than not. Yeah, I agree. So... Out of these three finalists, I think it's safe to say. I don't. I'm not even gonna say. I think it's safe to say. It's safe to say this is a two-man race. Harden is there because they needed to put a third guy there. Has had a phenomenal year. Continues to redefine what we think scoring looks like in the NBA. But he's a distant third in this race. It's gonna come down to Giannis Antetokounmpo and LeBron James. Who do we think should win the award? Who do you think should win the award? Before I we think- say who we think the voters will vote for. It. I think Braun should win the award. But I'm fine 
with Giannis getting the award because, like, if you look at every metric, he's very deserving yeah. as a, I mean, statistically, know, a winner of the award. But, like, I just feel like if we look at everything that was talked about before the year, about how the Lakers weren't going to win 50 games, how they weren't going to get home court. How they weren't even the best team in L.A. Right. And to get them to the one seed, I feel like Bron should get a little bit more for that and leading the league in dimes, bro. 25 points per game as well. Yeah, and, you know, he kind of got hurt by the fact that, you know, the season got cut because I feel like he he was was really upticking, you know. And Giannis had gotten hurt. Yeah, Giannis he, beat, he beat Giannis and Kawhi yep. in one weekend. I mean, he lost to Brooklyn, but... He avenged losses to both of them earlier in the year. He beat Kawhi and he beat Giannis, who we're basically seen as the two other best players in the league currently, outside of LeBron James. Yeah. And then, like you said, LeBron was starting to like really rev up into getting ready for the postseason and just playing his best ball of the season, it felt like. While, I don't want to say Giannis was, was declining, Giannis was just, he had gotten hurt. And it yeah. looked like he was going to miss a little bit of time that was going to allow LeBron to potentially close the gap. Uh, I think the media also put itself in kind of a tricky spot. They by, already handed the award yeah, to him. When they, award, the they handed the award to Giannis in, before the All-Star break. And I think at that point, it gets kind of hard to go back on what has been pumped out at that point. So I think... And I mean, you know... It didn't help LeBron in the bubble, but I know they talked about how they're only going to do... Yeah, it didn't fa- the bubble don't factor in. You know, what they did before pledge ended in March or yeah. whatever. But I think if LeBron had came out and they did count the bubble and he had played better, even then, you're not going to change no. eight games. No, eight games you know, would over not affect fi- Over 50 games of play before. So like, and I want to make this clear. Giannis has had an amazing season. Oh, he, he's had Bro, the year. PER king. And he's been... He lead, he he averages. I think he's edging LeBron in every statistical category except for assists this season. Yeah. So he's having a phenomenal year. I don't think I would have had an issue. I don't have an issue with either guy winning. I see the argument for Giannis, like just as far as dominance. Team was so much better than everybody else for yeah. the first like four or five months of the season. They were just clearly the best team in the league. They were clicking on all cylinders. The the Bucks were, and Giannis is the. The straw that stirs that drink, pretty much. Like he's what makes that engine go, and what made them such a dominant team. So I understand, but I also think LeBron made a lot of people eat crow this. When, like you said, when they got Anthony Davis, and then they didn't get Kawhi, and they had to fill the roster out with what they filled it out with. A lot of people clowned their roster. A mm-hmm. lot of people wondered if LeBron <clears throat> last year's injury was a sign of things to come coming into this season. Was age finally starting to catch up with them? Was he still going to be as durable as he has shown? Was he going to be able to? rectify what happened last season in his inaugural season in Los Angeles, missing the playoffs and just turning the Lakers from net along with Anthony (laughs) Davis, of course, and a strong supporting cast to go from what they finished 10th in the, in the West last year to first. Yeah. I think that, and if everybody says the West is the tougher conference, I mean, and that's my main issue, bro. Giannis being in the central division. Yeah. You're not playing anybody. It's the worst division. Other than when you play Indiana. I think Indiana was the only team that knocked them off in that they entire him, division. But Giannis missed that game. That yeah. was one of the games where he was hurt when, the end of the season. When, when you get to play the Bulls, Cleveland. The Pistons. The Pist- like, you're getting nights off. That's whereas, 12 guaranteed wins pretty much. You, you know, play everybody in the, the Lakers got to play the Clippers. You got to play Phoenix. You know, We didn't know that Golden State was going to crumble like yeah. that before the season. But, but, I mean, it's a much tougher road in my opinion. And just the conference as a like, whole. Like, I just don't get – 
people are going to think I'm hating on Giannis. I'm a really big fan of him. I just don't think the fact that for years we heard about how the East couldn't, you know, be good. It wasn't competitive. For nine years, we heard that for LeBron going through that road was nothing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, if we're going to give Giannis with the MVP, there should be no reason he shouldn't get to the finals now. Yeah. Especially if you're back to back, he's gonna be the best player in every series he plays. Yeah, back. To, there's no Kawhi there. There's no LeBron there anymore. Like, there's no excuses for him. And we'll get to that down the line. But I think if we're going on paper, statistically, Giannis is the MVP. I think yeah. that's who they're gonna give the award. So I think he will win. I think he's gonna win by a comfortable margin as well. It won't be unanimous, but I think he'll win by. Com- we, we know it won't be unanimous. Actually, Ramona Shelburne just said she, she voted, voted for LeBron, LeBron. but. I think he'll win by a comfortable enough margin. Um, and like I said, he's been dominant all year. I just think that there's something to be said for what LeBron did, where it just felt like for the first time, for the first time in his career, really, I feel like people like kind of doubted him. him. Exactly. Yeah. And it's at least the first time since 2011, coming in after the 2011 finals. And so for him to basically prove people wrong, I think there's something to be said for that. But I definitely believe Giannis is going to win the MVP award this season. Yeah. <clears throat> the next award we are going to discuss is the Rookie of the Year award. The three finalists are Ja Morant, point guard from the Memphis Grizzlies, Zion Williamson, and Kendrick, and Ke- from the Pelicans, and Kendrick Nunn from the Miami. Um, I think <clears throat> that this is an award that should be unanimous. I don't think there should be any vote for anybody else. I don't even think that there is a close second here. I agree. I think that Ja. The factoring, factoring in the fact that he played basically every game. I think he played every game. I don't think he missed a game this year. If he did, he missed very few. And the Grizzlies, in my opinion, before the bubble, had to be the surprise of the NBA season. For sure. Nobody, I didn't think they would be contending for exactly. a playoff spot. I, don't, I, thought a lot, I thought going into the season they were going to be contending for another top five pick. I didn't think they were going to be in the running for the eighth seed, which they were before the season stopped. Yeah. Like So I think that that's enough right there and John Morant performed at basically a borderline all-star level he averaged 17.8 points per game this year with 7.8 assists per game those are his final season averages those basically all-star level numbers for a point guard and he did as a rookie and led them to the cusp of the postseason before they got eliminated uh in the playing game by the Portland Trailblazers yesterday how do you feel about this what do you think I agree I mean Ja pretty much you know Checked every box, bro. He had the team, you know, the team success, the personal. He played more than 25 games. Yeah. And Kendrick Nunn being the third guy is, you know, pretty surprising too. Although he deserves it, but like an undrafted rookie, if you would have told me at the top of the year, I would have probably had guys like Garland or even even his own teammate, Tyler Harrell. Yeah. You probably would have had him over him. Now, I think Brandon Clark, if they had a fourth guy, he had a strong argument. Very he strong had, argument. Really Coming off the bench, he could have been that fourth guy. But I think they got it right. Yeah. And Ja will probably win unanimously. He should win unanimously. And Zion in the 25, let's say 19, before, let's not even count the bubble. In the 19 games he played before he got in the bubble, he was incredible. Like Zion, yeah. dominant offensive force, can't be stopped at the rim, was exciting. And the Pelicans were playing good ball when he finally had suited up in January through March in those 19 games that he had played. But it's just not enough. The sample size is not enough. It's not a large enough sample size. He didn't impact enough of the he, – he played less than 25% of their schedule this year. If, yeah. he, if it was 82-game season, 
he he didn't even play a quarter of the season. It's just I don't see how you can justify even voting for him. It speaks to how good he was in such a short period of time that he even made his way into the final three of this award. Yeah. It speaks to how dominant he was. But when you just compare his overall body of work to somebody like John Morant, I don't think that there's any argument to be made for anybody else winning this award besides Ja. For the next award, the NBA's Most Improved Player Award, the finalists are Bam Adebayo of the Miami Heat, Luka Doncic from the Dallas Maverick, and Brandon Ingram of the New Orleans Pelicans. Before we even talk about who's going to win, who he thinks is going to win, the Luka Doncic inclusion here is just baffling to me. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. But, I mean, we talked about it with Perk on the last episode. Yeah. I just don't get how you can be a number two pick. Number three. Number three. Still, rookie of the year. and He averaged 26 and 7 last he year. He had a very strong argument. Like, a lot of people wanted him to be in the All-Star game. I don't think he, he could have gotten no. in over any of those wings and guards. But he had a really, really great year. And this year he was an All-Star starter. So he made a big leap. Yeah. But I just don't think people, like, didn't expect for him to make that leap. And yeah. I think most improved, it shouldn't be a top three pick who's just becoming a star. We knew they were going to do that. Yeah. I, I don't think that... It would be fair to say by the end of Luka's rookie year, he was at worst a top 40 player in the league. Yeah. He's one of the 40 best players in the world. For sure. So, for a guy who's a rookie, he came in probably outside of the top 100. You, I, I don't rank, I don't think you can put a rookie in the top 100 players until they actually start playing, and then as the season progresses, you see what they do, then you can move them up and rank them accordingly. So, it was safe to say at the end of Luka's rookie year, he averaged 20.6 rebounds, 7 assists. Yeah. He was a top 40 player in, in the league. The natural progression for a number three overall pick who did that as a rookie and won rookie of the year is to become basically an all-star, break into the top Even 20 Even if you guys. come back without working on your game, just you'll notice what worked and what didn't exactly. work the year before, and you'll get more efficient, and you'll find a new way to, like, you know, affect the game. But I, I, didn't, I didn't really get why he got that nod. I mean, obviously, everybody knows Devontae Graham. He should have should have gotten that third spot, but even you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander of, of he made a bigger leap, but another lottery pick Duncan Robinson, in. yeah, from the Miami. He was arguably the worst player in the NBA last year, one of the worst players, and now yeah. he's he's probably the most dangerous shooter, catch and shoot player in the bubble right now. Yeah, and you're gonna get paid, and you're gonna get paid. So like there were other options there, and Luca not wanting to be even wanting to be there speaks to. How we view this award, like, you aren't even a guy who should be here. You are a legitimate MVP candidate. You were a top five pick. Everybody knew you were going to be this. But that brings us to the next two guys on the list. I feel like everything we're saying about Luka, I kind of feel the same way about Brandon Ingram to an extent. Like, of course, his progression was a little bit more drastic than Luka's because there were were a little bit of growing pains on the way to him becoming an all-star. But at the same time... He was the number two overall pick. Yeah. And well, num- yeah. Number he was number two. two behind Ben Simmons. Yeah. And when you look at what he did every year in L.A., he got better. Yeah. He got better every season in Los Angeles. And by the end of last season, before he got blood clots and had to sit out, we were basically seeing the guy that we've seen all year in New Orleans this year, last season for the Lakers, before he got blood clots. Yep. Um, the really only, only difference in his game this season has been the uptick in three-point shooting. Yeah, he's shooting a lot more threes. So he's you have to give him credit. Over forty percent. Yeah, before before know. the season stopped. Yeah. So you have to give him credit for that. Like one hundred percent. Brandon Ingram definitely got better, but I didn't see anything this season that I couldn't have foresaw from watching him in January and February last year before he got blood clots. Yeah. Um. So 
And like I said, like we already discussed, like being a top two pick, if you become an all-star as a top two pick, it was expected. I mean, which is why I think Bam should be a layup for the Shawarda. Bam was my choice before the season started. Yeah, I mean, Bam literally improved across the entire board. PPG, rebounds, dimes, blocks, everything. He literally got better across the board. And, like, Bam is in his third year, right? Third, fourth year? Third year. Third year. Third year. Surprise All-Star, too. Yeah. All-Star game. But I I think they're going to give it to Ingram. I, I think Bam should win. I think Ingram is going to be the person they give it to as well. Like He just makes, when you look on paper, the statistical jump. He made too jump, big of a leap. Like 25 when he went from 17 PPG. points to 25 points. I think yeah. his rebounds went up. The free throw percentage went from in the 60s to, I think, like 83% or something this year like yeah. that. So, like, I don't want to take anything away from Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram got better. He got a lot better. But it's also these signs were always there for him. I don't think I ever thought Bam Adebayo could be an all-star. Yeah. And Bam Adebayo became not only an all-star this year, but he's also one of the best defensive players in the league as well, as on top of being a well-rounded offensive big who can pass, score on the block, athletic rim run, can catch lobs, everything. So, Can you believe Popovich didn't bring him? To you, to Team USA. That's crazy. I can't this use past you, summer. bro. <laughs> we took – who did we take? We took Brooke Lopez. Who are the bigs we took? Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner. Did we have one of the Plumlee brothers this, this I past summer? I don't But it – Bam should have been there, pretty much. Bam, because this season he's been the best big out of any of the bigs that they took. So, Bam should have been on Team USA. It's wild that he wasn't. But that's who I think should win. A person I think will win, though, is Brandon Ingram. You said you think Bam should win, but you think Ingram's going to win. I think Ingram's going to win, so we're right at the spot across the board. That takes us to the fourth award, the NBA Defensive Player of the Year Award. The finalists are, once again, Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, Anthony Davis of the Los Angeles Lakers, and Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. I think out of these three players, the best one is Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis is the best defensive player on the planet right now, to be honest with you. Just as far as being able to, the versatility, being an elite rim protector, as well as being able to switch out guard, guards, guard wings, guard on the perimeter, and not get overwhelmed. And then when you listen to what other players who play in the league say about him compared to other defensive players as well, it's a difference. Yeah. It is a difference. When they talk about how good a defender Anthony Davis is compared to everybody else, how you have to know where he is at all times, and just how much he cleans up on the back end, on the back line for the Lakers as well. Like The Lakers have had a top three defense all season, and a big part of that is because of Anthony Davis. Probably the ma- the main reason. Is because of Anthony Davis. Like guys like Avery Bradley have been great this year. LeBron has been better on defense than he was last season. You have guys like KCP, Danny Green, who have also played really well on defense. Dwight, Dwight Howard is your backup center. Really big advantage for the Lakers. But if AD is not on this team, this team is not anywhere near the number three defense. In the- for sure. Um, I do think Giannis has had a great year defensively, but there were people throughout the season campaigning for Brooke Lopez to be one of the finalists in Defensive Player of the Year. And Brooke Lopez might be right now the best technically 3 and D player in the league. Because, Man, 3 and D 5. Yeah, because he, he protects the rim at such a high level and can space the floor. And so he needs to be in a conversation for best 3 and D players in the world. And the Bucks, I think they've, they've, they've had either number one or number two defense all year. They've been elite for the most part this season. I think that also plays into what I was talking about earlier, playing Chicago, oh, 100%. Cleveland. Like, if you look at all them games, man, 
see a lot of games where they're holding guys under 100. Like in 2020, yeah. people getting held under 100. Those three teams alone in that Central Division, Chicago, Cleveland, and um, Detroit. And Detroit, for a team like Milwaukee, as good as they are, that's 12 gimmies. Like, you look at the schedule. If we play everybody tonight, if all of our guys are healthy, these are 12 guaranteed wins. Yeah. Those teams just don't have any answer for them. And so, yeah, I get what you're saying. I don't think Gobert – Gobert is one of those guys. I know Utah Jazz Twitter is gonna hate. Bro, me for no, this, the advanced metrics will tell you. We looking at you know Hakeem Matumbo. Yeah, I don't but see it. You just see him get played off the court by guys like Clint Capella. Just the Rockets in general, like playing to an even. Like know. he can't, he can't even. You can't play him in those series because not even just the fact that he's an offensive liability when the playoffs start, but just. He, he can be exploited too much. His effectiveness on that end of the floor, on the defensive end of the floor, in the regular season, it's 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 a high, high, high impact on that end. Oh yeah, like but one of the greatest rim protectors of like the last fifteen years, yeah. if you look at all the numbers. But I just don't see it. the impact doesn't line up when it matters the most. And I know this is a regular season award, but I just don't view Gobert in the same class as Giannis or Anthony Davis. I think that this should be Anthony Davis's award. To, to we right, I'm right there too. I think that he's been the best defensive player on the planet this year. The eye test tells me that other players who have played against him, such as Larry Nance on Twitter, tweeting about it, saying it. They they say that Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in, in the league. Um, but I think that this is going to be a year where Giannis wins MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. I think that Giannis has both of those awards locked up. I don't think Anthony Davis. I think it's going to be another one where Giannis wins pretty comfortably. I don't think. Yeah. That, Anthony Davis is going to finish that close to him. And I think I agree. Giannis is going to walk away with a lot of individual hardware after this season. I agree. The NBA Sixth Man of the Year Award, a.k.a. the Lou Williams Award, a.k.a. the Jamal Crawford Award. Lou Williams is up again for nomination in the final three of the Los Angeles Clippers, but he's joined by a teammate this year, Montrez Harrell of the Clippers as well. I think Harold was a finalist last year as well, if I remember correctly, because he averaged like 17 points off the bench last year. And this time, the third wheel to the party is Oklahoma City Thunder backup point guard Dennis Schroeder. This is an interesting award here because Lou Williams just seems like the easy pick. Like when you have a guy coming off the bench, he fits what we see a six-man what we've come to think of when we think of this award. He's a guy who just come off the bench, microwave score. Yep. Can get hot fast, can swing. Made the for the war was made for guys like him. Exactly. He can get you 20 points in a heartbeat off the bench. I don't think Trez can win because he's on the team with a guy like Lou Will. I think Lou Will would just get the votes automatically before Trez will when people look at voting for a Clipper. And it's a guard. So I think it's just harder for a big to win that award over a guard or a perimeter player. Right. But I think this season, Dennis Schroeder has been the best six man. He's had the most impact. Like, Definitely been the most efficient. He's he's been he's, you could argue this has been the best season in his career. Yeah, and he's had some really I good agree. years as a starter. Yeah, and so Schroeder having arguably the best season in his career off the bench for the fifth seeded or the fourth seeded, excuse me, Oklahoma City Thunder is are they four or five? They're five. They're five, and Houston's yeah. four. Yeah, okay, but still they're in a four or five matchup. Um, not like it matters. No, but. and there's no home court. But Schroeder has been phenomenal this season. If I had to pick somebody, Schroeder would be my my choice. But for some reason, I feel like they're gonna give it to they're Lou gonna Will. give it to Lou Williams. But I mean, bro, you never know. The NBA our awarders award voters are very petty. Like they'll like take the chicken wing thing. I mean, we saw last year 
LeBron came in drinking wine. I'm not. Mc... I'm leaving him off my All NBA ballot. Jackie McMullen did not want to put him on All NBA last year, but and cited him coming to game drinking wine when the season was over. For and like you know, people will take the wing thing at Magic City, and even though like, they aren't supposed to. We not gonna give him new hardware. So who do you think is gonna win? Lou Will. Who do you think should win? Dennis Schroeder. You think Dennis Schroeder should win? We're we clean across the board yeah, we, so far. Yeah. Uh, we have not had a disagreement. I'm sorry to listeners if this is coming off <laughs> as stale, but these awards have been pretty straightforward this season. I mean, bro, everybody feels like a lock, and I feel yeah. like Coach of the Year is going to be like that too. Well, let's go ahead and talk about Coach of the Year then. Coach of the Year, the finalists are reigning Coach of the Year, Mike Budenholzer of the Milwaukee Bucks, Billy Donovan of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and – the defending champion, Toronto Raptors head coach, Nick Nurse. Now, Mike Budenholzer won the Coaches Coach of the Year Award early, like two weeks ago. It was announced the coaches voted, and he won Coach of the Year. I don't think that he I, – I don't think he should have any any chance at winning this award this year. He won 60 Bro, you can't win it back-to-back, back, no, bro. You cannot win this award back unless you have Unless you go like 75 and, yeah. and 8, or it's your best player got hurt exactly. or whatever. Like, the Bucks basically – are 75 and 7. The, I mean. the Bucks are the, are the best team in the Eastern Conference again. They're repeating the same exact season they had last year. They just Giannis in is going to be Vincenzo for Brogdon. Like how if if Giannis is MVP two years in a row, you can't be coach of the year two years. Like you said, unless you you just if Giannis got hurt for 25 games and they were doing this, yeah. I'm like, and like, all right. and like you said, if they jumped to 75 wins from 62 or whatever they won last year, then okay, but. They were on pace before the season stopped. I think they were on pace to win 67 games. Yep. They had slowed down considerably at the end of the season before the pace they were on earlier in the year where they were on pace for 70-plus wins. And 67 is still a, a huge number. All-time great But you team. won 62 games a year before and went to the conference finals. You come back and you have the MVP again, and he's MVP again, and Chris Middleton is an all-star again. 50-40-90. Yeah, he just missed it by like 49.9. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He barely missed it. So, you – I don't see how he can win Coach of the Year again. Mike Budenholzer is clearly one of the best coaches in the NBA. That's not deniable. He's one of probably the five or six best coaches in the entire league. He's yeah. been that since he was in Atlanta, and he's he's carried it over to Milwaukee now, and it's, it's paid dividends with them being the number one seed two years in a row. But I just don't see how he can you can vote for him in good faith, especially when you look at what the other two candidates this year are doing. Billy Donovan got a Thunder team that a lot of people on the outside did not think was going to be a playoff team, let alone a five seed after they traded Russell Westbrook and Paul George away last summer and got Chris Paul back, who people thought was over the hill. And his picks. Best behind <laughs> picks that hadn't even materialized yet. And a, a young Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who we didn't think – we didn't know he was going to be a 19-point-per-game scorer this year. Yeah, I probably – Thought like, you know, 14, Yeah, 15. I was thinking about 15. And then Danilo Gallinari, who's had a, a very good year as well. So if the Grizzlies are the surprise team in the league <laughs> this year, the Thunder have to be like second. Yeah. They aren't far behind. And so you have them. And then when you think about what Nick Nurse has done. Nick Nurse, the head coach of the Toronto Raptors, lost their best player, Kawhi Leonard, the their money man, the guy who they rode pretty much to the championship. They rode him definitely in the second round against – the Philadelphia 76ers last season. So you lose your best player off a title team. Anybody with a brain knew that the Raptors would be good again. Did anybody think that they were basically going to outperform their regular season pace from a year ago without Kawhi Leonard? 
I don't think anybody saw that. I don't think anybody expected that. They are the number two seed again for the second year in a row. They're in the same exact place that they were without Kawhi Leonard. Nick Nurse is my personal coach. I mean, choice for coach of the year. I just think that when you lose a guy of Kawhi's magnitude and you still are able to continue on without missing a beat, and even they probably won the four or five teams I would pick right now in the bubble that has a legitimate chance at winning the championship. I would they're not be four. They're only four. Yeah. But I mean we, we like to include a fifth in, but they're four. They're those they're part they're of the legitimate four, four with the Bucks and both of the Lakers and, and Clippers, both of Los Angeles. So I think at that point Nick Nurse he gets a lot of credit from me and a lot of respect for the job he's done this season. They Marcus Saul missed time this year, like they they just were not supposed to be this this good again without Kawhi Leonard. So that's why Nurse is my personal choice. Well, everybody knows I was on the Nick Nurse bandwagon you were. very early. When they fired when they when fired, they fired Dwayne, Dwayne, Casey. Dwayne Casey, I told people they're playing a lot differently than they did before. They like kind it. of when I watched Mark Jackson and they switched over to Kerr, I'm like, they're move. They're not doing the pick and like they're doing a completely different play style. Night and day. Getting shooters open, and that's why when you look at guys like Terrence Davis, Matt Thomas, like these guys are plug and play. Fred Van Fleet, like they get better. Like they're developing Chris guys. Boucher. Yep, they're bringing in all these guys, and they're like doing like everybody just do your role. Yeah. You come in, you're gonna shoot your three. You defend. Everybody can switch everything, and I think Nurse is like doing a great job heading that whole like development thing that they're doing in Toronto and I think Billy Donovan is going to win. I, I think Nick it. Nurse should win. And it's gonna be a crime when Nick Nurse doesn't have any coach of the year uh titles under his mantle because everybody's like, Well, I mean look at your players. The guys that couldn't get over the hump until he got there. And he got them in contention every year. I think he's going to definitely get penalized if he doesn't win this year. I think he's going to win. But if he doesn't, I think that the reason why is because people will still look like look at, even though Kawhi is gone, this team before Kawhi arrived was still the number one seed in the Eastern Conference pretty much. They were still a 50-plus win team for like the two or three years before 2018, I mean 2017 as well. No. So. I think he's going to end up, if, if he were not to win, it will be because he's penalized for basically inheriting a pretty good team, a stable situation. But when you look at Coach of the Year, where how many does Phil Jackson have? In his, two. Two? I think. 11 championships, but only two? I think Pop only got and two. Pop only, exactly. Pop only I has think like, Phil actually only has exactly, one. Exactly. Like, I think it's, it's less than four Coach of the Year awards between both of those guys. Yeah. And so those are the, what a lot of people feel like are the two best coaches ever. Yeah. With 16 championships between Phil Jackson has 11 or 10 championships? 11. 11. 11 championships for Phil, five for Pop. 16 championships between both guys, only two coach, only three coach of the year awards between yeah. the two of them? Phil only won it the year they won 72 and 10. And that's what it took for him. It took for him to win 72 games. I don't get how he didn't win in 92. They won nearly 70 games that year, too. And I know a lot of people talked about how they think Cause that 92 Jordan. team – People think that's the best Bulls team ever. Jordan. When you coach Jordan, when you coach LeBron, but, when you coach But Budenholzer is one of the I coaches. Of, like, this shit is not consistent, bro. I agree. Like, that's why Budenholzer should not even be in contention this year. From If we're going to hold the MVP against guys coaching, like, Steve Kerr won it. In 2016, and I think the only reason he was able to win it that year is because they won 73 games. And he didn't even coach all the games that year. And then you like, got Mike Brown who won it 
with, with LeBron and Cleveland yeah. and all that. Like, like, and and they came back and won five more games the next year. Like it's just when you think about it, it's it's weird. It's no it's no consistency in how the awards are voted on, and so it leaves anything up to chance. And so I don't think that. Budenholzer should should even have a chance to win this award, but the coaches already voted him coach of the year themselves. So clearly, I'm not in a position to tell the coaches that they are wrong <laughs> because yeah. they coach they they coach against these guys. They coach in the league. It's just if I were voting, I would vote for Nick Nurse. You lose your best player from a championship team, and you come back this year, and you pretty much are on pace to win more games than you did a year ago. You got to get my respect. But that should do it for all of the major awards. That does it for all the awards. The six major awards this season, we've run through them. And now that we've finally come to the conclusion of the eight seeding games in the NBA bubble in Orlando, we know who the 16 teams are going to be in the NBA playoffs after the Portland Trailblazers beat the Memphis Grizzlies over the weekend and eliminated them from playoff contention. You want to start off with the Western Conference or you want to start off with the Eastern Conference? We'll do East first. Let's do East first. Uh, I don't feel like there's anything really to discuss with the Milwaukee-Orlando series. Orlando just has not looked good in the bubble at all. The fact that they were able to get surpassed by a Brooklyn Nets team where half of their roster wasn't even in the NBA when the season ended is not a good sign, in my opinion. The Bucks losing Jonathan Isaac to throw on Giannis too, like they—they're just in no. They have no position to stop him. That's going to be a real quick four games. Four games, and I think every game should be by fifteen plus points. So that series is a throwaway, pretty much. Milwaukee in four for me in that series. Me too. I think that Toronto Brooklyn is a four game series as well, but I think Brooklyn, based off of what I've seen so far in the bubble, they can at least make. Toronto uncomfortable for a half, at least in like a couple of these games. You don't think Levert and them can Levert, play hard and get one game? Levert is so good that he can. He's gonna have them in a game in at least one and game. It, yeah, that, that they shouldn't even have a chance. If they had so Dinwiddie, good. I'd be like, all right, they, they can definitely, get one they game. can definitely win. One. I think they can maybe win one. I don't see them winning one with this. I think the Raptors will be too locked in. They've been they're too good defensively. I think that like. The contrast between them and a team like the Bucks, the Bucks invite you to shoot. The Raptors don't necessarily invite you to shoot threes. They try to drive you off three-point line and get you just to operate in the mid-range. Right. And so I think if they were to play the Bucks, oddly enough, the Bucks are a better team than the Raptors, but I would pick them to maybe steal a game against the Bucks just by virtue of the style of defense that they play. I think it'll be a lot harder for them to consistently manufacture points with this limited of a roster against that Toronto Raptors defense. So I'm going to say Raptors in four in that, in that, in that series. I'll go Raptors in five. You think that Brooklyn I think LeVert will get one. I would feel a lot more confident in it if I would have seen him finish the game off against Portland. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, I, I don't know why he settled for that long yeah, jumper exactly. over over McCollum anyway. I he thought he'd been game. killing them in the in the paint all game, but I mean, I get it. I think Brooklyn will get one. All right, so we agreed the top two seeds out east though, they won't they, be playing they more than nine games issue. combined. Exactly. Yeah, they won't have any. Now this three six ma- matchup is pretty interesting in my opinion between the Boston Celtics who are the three seed and the Philadelphia 76ers who are the six seed. I believe that if they were to play each other, if Ben Simmons would have been healthy, I might be picking Philadelphia to win this series. But since he is out, I'm still going to say Philly can can drag this six or seven games by virtue of MB being 
the one the best player on the floor between both teams. He's the best player, and two Boston having no answer for him at all. Their Daniel one Tice weakness is going to get cooked. Yeah, their one weakness all season has been their lack of size. They don't have any really quality big man. Tice has been great for them this year, but he's best served as your second five. Is like I'm your back backup center. Yeah, him being your best center does not bode well going up against arguably the best center in the NBA with Joel Embiid. And so I think Boston is the better team without Ben Simmons. So I'm going to give them the series in six games or seven. I think I wouldn't be surprised if this went seven because they have enough length on the perimeter to kind of make life a little bit difficult for Kimba Walker. I think this is the worst matchup possible for Kimba out of all of the Eastern Conference because of the, the length that Philadelphia has on the perimeter with guys like Josh Richardson, Matisse Thybul. Tobias Harris and just the the amount of size. Shake Milton is their starting point guard. He's six yeah. five, so they just have a lot of size and length to kind of make Kimba's life a little bit difficult. Now Kimba's Kimba. He can get hot and go crazy on anybody. If he gets hot one game, there's nothing you can do. But I just think they have the necessary bodies to make it harder on him. I just don't think that Philadelphia is going to be able to score enough when it matters the most with this current roster to overtake Boston, which is why I think Boston still wins. But this, in my, I think this has a chance to be the most entertaining first round series between both both conferences. Hmm. I'm probably gonna go with this Boston in five. In five, maybe six, maybe. But I'm probably leaning towards. You five. think Embiid only gets one game? Yeah, I mean, I I've never really liked Philly's like whole construction of their roster, honestly. And losing Ben kind of even makes the versatility of it not as good. I mean, it's gonna be interesting how they match up because obviously Horford can't start even if he was going to start when they move Shake Milton in. Who's this? Who's this, What's their starting lineup now? Thibault still comes off the bench. So it's Richardson, Shake, Shake Milton, Milton, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid. It's somebody else that I'm figuring out. Are they, are they starting Kirkman? Forkman or whatever? Kirk Ma- Korkmaz? I don't, think he, I don't think he starts. It's somebody. Is Horford starting? Well, you can't. If you start him where Tatum is playing the four... Are you going to put Embiid or Horford or on Tatum? They're going to get killed. Or, or, or on Hayward? It's going to be a mismatch. So, I, I don't think Toronto, I mean, uh, Philly has enough to get two games, honestly. Maybe, but I think they'll maybe only get one. That's out of my respect for Embiid and how he's been playing in the bubble and when he's been on the court. That's the main reason I think that this, this series can go six or even potentially go to distance. I will always give as much leeway as possible to the guy who is the best player between both teams in the series if the team is not at a huge disadvantage talent-wise. And I don't think Philly, as weird of a roster as they have, I don't think they are that far behind Boston to where they can't drag this at least to a game six. But that changes if Tatum just comes out and is Tatum that we saw before the break. And for most of this bowl, to be honest, after the first game, he got his act together. And he's yeah. been... But he got nicked up too, though. That's true. So if he's healthy, if he's if he's healthy and he's right and he comes in and he's ready to dominate from the first game, that changes things for the Celtics. And I might lean with you that this might go five. Mm-hmm. But... I think Embiid is going to be able to to steal two games in this series by himself. Um, that go that gets us to a four or five matchup. Miami Indiana. I have Miami in five. Wow. I don't think this series is going to last long. I don't think Indiana is going to be able to generate enough points against that Miami defense. I don't think yeah. I don't think Miami is going to be able to score enough points against that Miami defense to to really drag this series to drag this series any longer than it already is. 
I mean, any longer than a fifth game, I think that Bam, without Sabonis as well, there's no DeMontis Sabonis for the Pacers as well. Yeah. And so I think that Bam is going to have a big series for them. I think Jimmy Butler has, has proven to be the TJ Warren kryptonite in their Man. matchup. And I like that. I like Miami's perimeter players a little bit more. I, I, I like Oladipo a lot, and he's looked good in the bubble. He, he looks like he has that burst and explosion back a little bit off the off the bounce. But I just like the combination of Dragic, Harrell, Kendrick Nunn. Hopefully Derrick Jones Jr., if his injury that he sustained against the Pacers a few days ago isn't too serious. Andre Godala off the bench. Yeah. I just like their collection of perimeter players more than I like the collection of perimeter players for the Pacers with, with guys such as Justin Holiday playing major major minutes for them. Well, I think Brogdon, TJ Warren, Oladipo, who I think is going to be on the way. I think that mixture of guys, they can get it to – they can win two games, I think. I think we're going to get six games of competitive TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. <laughs> I think we're going to get a good series with two of them. But, yeah, I got Miami winning it. In six? So, yeah. Miami in six? All right, so – that will bring us to the second round matchups would be Milwaukee versus Miami and Toronto versus Boston. We'll get to we'll get to the second round when the second round starts to see if our predictions were correct or not. But until then we will pivot over to the Western Conference for the first round of the Western Conference. Now, one versus eight, Los Angeles Lakers versus the Portland Trail Blazers. There has been a lot of noise about how lackluster the Lakers have looked in the bubble and a lot of noise about how great Damian Lillard has looked in the bubble yeah. and how this eight seed is not the regular eight seed considering how they have gotten Yusuf Nurkic and Zach Collins back. Their front line has been fortified a little bit. Their point guard is playing like the best player in the bubble right now. He's one yeah. bubble MVP. The Blazers are extremely hot. In the nine games they played, including the playing game, they are seven and two in the bubble so far. The Lakers went three and five. I say all of that to say this: I think people are falling for the jig, right? I really do. <laughs> I do not think that you can take anything what you've seen from the Lakers for the most part too seriously. They wrapped up everything they needed to wrap up pretty much when they won their first game back in the bubble. When they beat the Los Angeles Clippers in the first game in the bubble, they essentially clinched the one seed. Which much. is all they were there to Which do. Which is all they were there to do is stay healthy until the playoffs started. When they beat the Utah Jazz, they officially clinched the one seed. That was their third game. Yeah. Since then, we I, I do not believe anything we have seen from them has been any indi- has been indicative of what we are going to see come Tuesday night when they play game one against the Blazers. We've seen a lot of weird rotations from, from Frank Vogel. We've seen LeBron not go to the post as much as he normally does. And just kind of like float in and out of games. Like Anthony Davis, historically is, bad shooting. Yeah, Anthony Davis is not. He's been up and down in the eight games they played in the bubble. I don't see anything from the Lakers that I think is going to arise come Tuesday night in Game One against this. And then when you talk about the Portland Trailblazers, they've been great offensively. They've been amazing. A lot of that has to do with the fact Damian Lillard has been scoring 40, 50, 60 points, and he's needed that to beat. A Sixers team without Embiid and Simmons, a Brooklyn Nets team with without Kyrie, KD, DeAndre Jordan, Neil Spencer, I'm mean not Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, and a bunch of guys who probably are fringe NBA players besides Jared Allen and um, Joe Harris. The rest of that roster, those guys weren't even in the league yeah. when the season ended. Then they also needed him to score. The 60-point game he had was against 
the Dallas Mavericks, a, a horrible defensive team, and they needed him to score 60. I think at some point a wall is going to be hit for Portland. I think dead legs are going to set in. They are not going to be able to keep this up. And I think the Lakers have the exact type of roster to make life hard on them on the defensive end. If they come out, if they trap Damian Lillard out top and force somebody else to beat them this entire series, this is going to be a four-game series. I don't see them. I don't see Portland winning a game in this series if the Lakers come ready to play on deep. If they come and play the defensive game it's plan that they if. should, I don't even think it's a big if. I think that uh, you don't think you don't think the Lakers have been hearing people say that they're going to lose this series against the Blazers or the Blazers can get them. Yeah, run. but I, I don't think I don't know. I think Dame their defense committee, is horrible. I think they can win one. They'll win one if the Lakers. Are, their best chance to win a game this series is game Tuesday one. night. Yeah, is Tuesday night. I think they can win one. I I think they can maybe win two. We're, but I think I think they'll win one. Them winning two will require Dame to be the best player on the floor. Two two games on a, in a in a series where LeBron James and Anthony Davis are on the floor as well. He needs to outplay yeah. both of them. Not just one. You have to outplay both Bro, of he, them. He gave them forty eight. That was the game after the Kobe passed. Yeah. First game back from Kobe's passing. I don't, I just feel like if we had Avery Bradley, I'd be a lot more comfortable. If we had Avery, I would. I think it's going to be a sweep regardless, five games max. But if Avery Bradley was playing for the Lakers, I get where you're coming from. I just I watched Kyle Anderson score 20 points in a do-or-die game. Again. Yeah. I watched <laughs> Valanciunas have 22 points. I watched Carlos LeVert. God bless him. Ama- he's, a, he's amazing. Great player. He's not an all-star. <laughs> he had 37. Yeah. It, I just – Jared Allen looked like Will Chamberlain against them. He was on the glass dominate. Like, yeah. I just see these things, and I think these guys are not even LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I wish we could have gotten a, a chance to uh, watch that matchup like with Blazers in the bubble. Yeah. So we could have got a good idea. But it's definitely going to be interesting. Is Carmelo going to be – Carmelo is guarding LeBron? He's the only one they – Carmelo Moderately. and Mario Hazonia, those are going to be the two yeah. guys who guard LeBron for a series? Yeah. Zach Collins is going to start off guarding Anthony Davis? Yeah. Who's their backup power forward? Mario Hazonia is their only backup forward. Uh, No, Wayne Gabriel. Oh, my Wayne goodness. Winyan Gabriel. Winyan Gabriel. Yeah. Gabriel is going to guard Anthony Davis. They'll probably try to put him in only when Kuzma or, or Morris is in. I just don't see it, bro. I just do not see it. Like... Deion Waiters liable to have a 20-point game this <laughs> Like, he really is. Like, that's not even being funny. Like... He's gotten double figures against way better defensive teams in the bubble so far. Yeah. I'm worried about well Kuzma is who's guarding Kuzma on this team? If Carmelo is guarding if LeBron and Kuzma are on the floor at the same time, who's guarding Kuzma? Collins. <laughs> I just don't see it, bro. I, I if if Portland had more wings and their defense if was they better. Had Trevor Ariza. If, that's LeBron's son too. He's been smacking <laughs> him around for like and the thing Since is 02. nobody can guard LeBron. We know that. Yeah. But like you just need bodies to make them work. I don't think Ariza is the guy who makes LeBron work. I think Clippers the like, make them work. The Clippers, you, you have to have young, athletic wings, old, older wings who are less athletic than and him. And LeBron's age. And LeBron's <laughs> age, exactly. Guys who are LeBron's age and less athletic than him, like guys Carmelo, like Melo exactly, and Ariza, they aren't gonna make him work enough. And that's my thing. That's what I, I look at and I see. I just don't see. When it comes down to it, Portland's gonna score, but when in the playoffs. Like we, we saw in the 2017 finals, it comes down to when both teams can score, somebody's going to get stops. Whoever yeah. can consistently get a, a few stops in the fourth quarter when they need them is going to win. Portland's not going to get any stops, I don't think. They're, they're just not. They're not going to get stopped. The Lakers are going to get the shot they want every time down the floor for the most yeah. part. I think the Lakers, on the other hand, 
they've been number three defense all season. They're going to be able to get the stops necessary to win to win games in this series. Yeah, and that's why I think it's a four game series. I don't think that this series is close, bro. If Portland if Portland has shown any commitment to playing defense, I would I would. I would be somewhat on board with what people are saying about how this could be a close series. They played nine games, and seven of the nine games they played in the bubble, they gave up at least 100. And they weren't even playing teams who are offensive powerhouses for the most part. I'm, yeah. I just don't see it, bro. I think Lakers in, in four. I got Lakers in five, but I get what you're coming, where you're coming from. Lakers I think four. everything below that is where we get really interesting in the Western Conference. So, all right, let's go 2-7. The Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. A very entertaining five-game series. I think I think this is four or five games as well. Very like, entertaining, though. I think Luka, the main reason they, they this is going to be short, besides the fact that they the, don't play no D the Mavericks either. are just as bad as the, the Blazers on defense, <laughs> they don't but play they, no they can't either. close games at all. Like, that has been a, a story of their season. Is and they literally game, have nobody that can create a shot other than Luka. And when you got PG and, and Kawhi, Kawhi throwing them, yeah. come on, man. I think Porzingis is going to have to be incredible. And he's been incredible in the bubble so far. The the KP that has shown up in, this, in their seeding games is going to have to show up for this series. For them to have even a chance of winning a game or two, yeah. if he's up and down, if he's streaky, not consistently dominant, this is going to be a sweep. But if Kristaps Porzingis shows up to play, they might be able to get a game or who knows, maybe two on the Clippers just off the strength of that's the one person they have no. The thing answer about for. the Clippers, bro, we've watched them like they literally will only like get up for the Lakers, bro. I can definitely like get them like tricking off a game and Luca is hitting everything. Mm-hmm. I can see them getting maybe one or two. I can see the but I, can see I think it'll be game. a very entertaining five game if I had to make my pick now. Yeah, I don't think this goes more than five, but I agree with you. I think the Mavericks have enough offensive firepower, even though Luca's the only guy who can consistently create anything for others and himself off the bounce. They have enough firepower around him to where I think they should be able to score enough points consistently mm-hmm. to at least have a chance going into the fourth quarter. Yep. Now, we know how much they struggle in crunch time this season down the stretch. They can't seem to close out games. I don't know if it has to do with youth or what it is. It's confusing because Luka, even though he's young, he's been a pro for a long time. And then you have Rick Carlisle, who's one of the best coaches in the league. For some reason, they can't close out games. But... I agree. I think that the Clippers are – they are the team that they might sleepwalk a game. Yeah, bro. They'll series. come out thinking like, bro, it's the Mavs. Like, we we don't we don't need to even play for them. Yeah. And then – And they can get caught lacking. Yep. I could see it happening. So, I will say five. Five games max. This only goes more than five if Christoph Porzingis is the second or third best player on the floor in this series. He, he basically has to be better than, than Paul PG. George. He yeah. has to be better than Paul George. That's the only way that the, that the Mavericks have a chance of pushing this past the fifth game is if he's the third best player in the series. Yeah. The 3-6 matchup, uh, Denver Nuggets, I Utah lie, Jazz. Bro, I, this is the true TV I, bro, matchup. I love to watch basketball, and I know we do this pause. I might only watch two or three games. This is the true TV series. <laughs> the NBA TV series. This is a series, if everything was normal, you throw these games on NBA TV. Uh, uh, but... I think I will go Denver in four. Ed Davis is out for in four. Ed Davis has just been ruled out for the playoffs for the Utah Jazz with an MCL injury. They already don't have Bog, uh, Bogdanovich in the bubble as well. They lost twenty points with him. 
I just don't see where they get the offensive firepower to keep up with the Denver Nuggets for this series, especially if Michael Porter Jr. that we've seen so far is yeah. the Michael Porter Jr. that we're going to get in the bubble, I mean, the playoffs. They have no answer for him. They don't have, like, Joe Ingles can't guard him. Royce O'Neal can't guard him. Yeah. He's he's going to be a problem. Jokic, I don't think that Gobert is going to cause life I to can, be hard enough he, on him. Here's the thing, though. I can definitely, like, already see the vision of, like, Donovan Mitchell, Clarkson, and them just clicking offensively one game. Mike, Mike, Mike Conley had to lead a bubble today as well for the birth of his child. We don't even know if he'll be back for game. Oh, right? then that changes everything. So he'll be back at some point. We just don't yeah. know when. And so the Jazz just are – they're just too undermanned. I'd probably go Utah in five. I mean, not Utah, Denver in five. Over you think Utah. Mitchell is going to get one game? I think they'll get one game at minimum. I mean, like Utah – At minimum. So you – this, this this is not a full strength Utah Jazz team. I'm really not that impressed with Denver, bro. I like I like Denver a lot more now with Michael Porter than I did before. Like Denver, like I'm, I'm just not a believer in teams that rely on Jamal Murray and he's good, but Jamal Murray cannot be a like go to guy at the end of the game. But that's why I say MPJ. If that's why I say if Michael Porter Jr. is still if this is the real Michael Porter Jr., this is a four game series. I don't see it going more because the thing is, if the Jazz had their full roster collection of players, I would be which I would probably even lean towards picking them if they had their their full team and everybody was one hundred percent healthy and everything. I just don't think I think they have too many too many. Denver doesn't dead play spots. defense either though. They don't play great defense, but Utah don't have enough offensive firepower even with their bad defense. Like, if Bogdanovich was here playing, I would be yeah. on board with you. I Bro, would, I would see the Joe Ingles is going to be letting that thing go. He don't even Joe want to be Clark- there. Remember, he didn't even want to come. Yeah, he didn't. He Joe didn't Clarkson come. coming. I mean, uh, Clarkson Jordan is- Clarkson coming off the bench. Mitchell going to get hot. And you know Gobert, he going to get his little dunks in, tip slams and all that because you know Jokic don't want to get down there and get his hands dirty with him on, on D. He'll do it on offense. Yeah. But – I can I can definitely see Utah winning one or two. If Donovan Mitchell is the best player on the Florida series, they can they can stretch this to six games, which is very possible. I have my questions, but it's <laughs> possible. The, he, if Donovan Mitchell, Bro, remember at the top of the year, you and I were talking about how Donovan Mitchell got to show he's an efficient scorer. And this oh, he, year, he had a really good year. He became an All Star. Like maybe he's ready to make that leap. Two years in the playoffs, and you, you know, know maybe Utah not playing. The Houston Rockets in the playoffs again this year yeah. might save them, but Denver only been out one, been out. I mean, they went the playoffs first time last year. Yeah, like got out round yeah, one they got out year. round one just like Utah got. They ain't got no experience no. that that Utah doesn't have. So like, I, I just think, like their roster more. Yeah, I like that. I think I just think Utah's roster is better right now, bro. That's really what it comes. That's why I'm picking this to be short and five games max. I lean towards a sweep, but five games, I'll give Denver a game out of respect for Donovan Mitchell being as good as he is, mm-hmm. and he can get hot enough to completely take over a game. But especially because the Jazz, not the Jazz, the Nuggets, backcourt necessarily don't, they don't have a, a counterpart who can really slow him down. I'd imagine Torrey Craig is going to get that job in this series. But, yeah, I think that, I just I think if Utah had their full collection of guys, I would feel a lot more comfortable in predicting this series to go more than five games. But them being handicapped the way they are, I just feel like we got to cut this short for them. Yeah, and the final series of the first round, definitely in my opinion, the most intriguing matchup of round one in the well, Western I know Conference. You brought up you thought Philly and Boston going to yeah. be the most entertaining. I think 
Houston, Oklahoma. This has a chance to be, most, be entertaining. most entertaining. Even without Russ. Russ is out for at least game one. We had found out. I had Oklahoma City in seven before Russ had got hurt. When this was becoming more and more apparent that this is going to be the first round matchup, the 4-5 matchup, I was predicting Oklahoma City in seven games over them. Without Russ, we don't know how long he's going to be out. If he misses more than the first three games, I have Oklahoma City in six, maybe five. Maybe five. Six games, though, max, if Russ misses more than three games. I got the Rockets in seven. My thing with the Rockets is... I don't think they play it. They they just play such a wild style of basketball. Like Stephen Adams is gonna have he he gonna have the the, uh, the it, series of his life. If I Houston think. wins this series, you they're gonna ask themselves at what cost? Why? Because PJ Tucker might he might be done for after this. You guys going to go yeah. to war with Stephen Adams for seven games? Yeah, like all to get ready for the for Lakers. The, just bro. to get ready for the Lakers front line of AD, Javale, and Dwight. Like God bless him. At some point, like, and so. I also think that I don't think Houston, they I don't think they they're gonna be able to guard the Thunder's guards. Now, Thunder have absolutely nobody who can guard James Harden. We know that James Harden is James Harden for a reason. But I think that I trust that the, I trust their system and their play style more in this matchup than I trust Houston's. I think Houston has the better top end talent. But I think with Russ out for game one, Harden is the best player, and then I I honestly think the next three best or four best guys are on Oklahoma City Thunder. I, yeah. Harden is out game. I mean, Harden is the best guy. I mean, clearly. who's the, who the next on Houston's roster? Eric Gordon, probably. Yeah. And I would right. take Chris Paul, Shea, Schroeder, and Gallinari all before I took Eric Gordon. Yeah. So, and I think that matters when you get to, when you add Westbrook in. You'll have the two best players probably in the series. But yeah. after that, I think OKC has more depth than the Rockets do. I, it, if, if, if Robert Covington shows up to play this series, they can win this series. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, if Robert Covington what? shows up, I don't tr- and I don't trust Robert Covington. That's why I'm right, saying, man. I don't trust him. I don't trust him at all. I have yet to see him play well in the play. Yeah, he's only been in the playoffs once, but I remember how bad he was in the 2018 playoffs, and I just do not trust Robert Covington. Uh, I don't really trust Eric Gordon either. To be honest with you, these guys are, he's streaky and he's already coming off of an injury. Robert Covington, the definition of you. Yeah, like they don't have guys. They have a lot of guys who I just don't feel comfortable trusting in a playoff series. But I think Harden will keep them in it. Like they, I can. They're not getting ran off the floor. I can see them being down two one going into game four and, and Russ then coming Rush back. coming back, and then they can win. They three. can win two out of the next three. Yeah, they, they, they can win two or three out, out of the next three four. Three out of the next four. I can see it. So that's pretty much That's not far-fetched at all, in my opinion. They can be down 2-1 and then come back. It's just, man, when you look at the roster and you look at those, that OKC roster, I trust they guys more. Outside of Harden and Westbrook, I just trust they got their guys more. I trust Steven Adams more than the role players on, on Houston. I trust Gallinari more than, than Eric Gordon. They I'm, definitely have a better team. I think their sure. team is better. But I'm I don't not like anybody. Billy Donovan either, though, even though I ain't a huge Mike D'Antoni I was, was going to say, is D'Antoni going to outcoach him? Billy Donovan, yeah. Are we sure? What adjustments is, is D'Antoni going to He don't got to make no adjustments. What adjustments is Billy Donovan going to make? This is a coach of the year finalist. Like we, This is a coach of the year winner. This is true. This is true as well. But if it's one coach who in this West that is not going to outcoach Billy Donovan, that's not going to flummox him, I think that it is D'Antoni. Yeah. D'Antoni is we gonna run this same shoot sixty threes and Harden get thirty five. He a lame duck coach though. I think he coaching 
to make a point, bro. He can't get out coached by Billy Donovan. Oh, I, I don't think he will get out coached by him. I just he, don't. He got to put on a show. <laughs> Which, bro, these guys ain't done nothing all year. Here's my issue, though. They literally changed the entire team, moving out Capella yeah. to open up the lane for, for Westbrook. Rush, and now they don't even have him. Yeah. And they, they completely changed. They moved Capella so that Russ could have more room to operate in the paint. And wouldn't be shooting the all them threes. And they opening up everything. And, and I'm like, all here. right. And now Harden don't even have his live threat now. Bro. And that's why I can treat him being down 2-1 and then making a comeback. But it's going to be real interesting. I mean. If Houston had home court, if this is like regular. No, that would change season, everything. It would change everything. That would change everything. I would pick them to win the series, even with Russ missing maybe the first two or three games. Yeah, but the fact all them that young they, guys. Yeah, even though Shea has been in the playoffs before, last year he had a thirty point game against the Warriors. Like Shea, Chris Paul, Schroeder, and Gallinari, I wouldn't worry about. Or Adams, but then you go to the bench and you got guys like Lou Dort, Ferguson. you got Ferguson, you have uh, Hamido Diallo, um, Darius Baisley. It, like when they go to that bench, it gets really young. The yeah. starting five, a lot of experience, a lot of experience. Four to five starters: Chris Paul, Shea. Steven Adams, Gallinari, these are guys who all play playoff games. Yeah. And Dort starts as small for them. But then when they go to that bench outside of Schroeder, it gets real inexperienced, bro. Yeah. And so, like, if it was, if this was actually road and home games, like, and there was no pandemic, I would be picking Houston. But I think the fact that they, this is a neutral site series, I'm going with Oklahoma City Thunder in seven games. I think Russ comes back for game three. I agree with you. I think it will probably be 2-1 going into game four. I think Russ is good enough to get them two out of those four games. Those last uh, two out of those last four games, they'll be able to go two and two with them. But two and two will still get them eliminated because they will okay. be down two. So we have the Lakers advancing to play the Thunder in round two, and the you Clippers. Do. That's what I have. I have Lakers <laughs> versus Thunder round two. You have Lakers versus Rockets, and we both have Clippers versus Mavericks. I mean, not Clippers versus Mavericks. Clippers versus Nuggets in round two. Right. We will be back after the after the first round ends. We will come back and circle back to read to figure out how well we did in these predictions, and then to predict round two and who we think will get to the conference finals. But thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Play for Keys podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Play for Keys Pod. Make sure you follow at the Elite Media Group on Twitter as well. And at RNC Radio Live on Twitter and Instagram for all of the latest content and podcasts and everything that we have to offer across those three channels and those three platforms. Until next time, we're out.